Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. All right, kids, here we go. Vegas Hockey Hotline. The day after. Uh, we're down at the Superbook at the Westgate. It's Breeders' Cup weekend. Friday and Saturday racing at Del Mar. We're down here. Great crowd on hand. Great buzz in the building. They've got Football Central here on Sundays to watch the NFL games. And if you get the mobile app, if you're signing up for the first time, bet 100, get 100. It's a screaming deal. Thanks to Jay Cornegay, everybody here at the Superbook for rolling out the red carpet for us. Going to be here on Fridays, the, for the most part, for the rest of the year. Maybe around the holidays will be a Thursday, but be down here on Fridays. And we're excited to be here and really excited for this hour. We always are on Vegas Hog Ellen. So much to get into. The Golden Knights get a win last night. Well, but before we do that, Chris wins here, our good friend. Stevie's back in studio. Stevie. How you doing, my brother? I'm doing good. All right, it's Friday, man. We're jacked for this. Uh, the Golden Knights road trip continues. Chris wins here. Good to see yeah. you, bud. A lot on the hockey front. Good to see you too, Brian. Absolutely. You and me tomorrow. On. Yes, you and I. It's the it's the, it's it's the Brian Blessing, Chris wins, Stevie Slapshot bowl again as uh, the Sabres take on the Red Wings tomorrow night. <laughs> but, we, I'm I, sure people are just, you know, with all that's going on this uh, weekend, you're, I'm you're, sure people will just be, you know, just lining up to uh, hit the window to but, uh, wager on this. Uh, but you and I will be watching. I yeah, can, I can tell you two people will be watching that game. <laughs> no uh, question. Uh, let, let me start with this before we get back into the Eichel thing, because there's a lot of news on the Eichel thing mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the surgery and what it all means. But the game last night, Vegas wins that game in Ottawa. And at the end of the night, you go, oh, yeah, you know, Vegas, nice win and this, that. What? I mean, they should have been down 3 nothing. Seriously. Ottawa threw the sink at them. Leonard was spectacular again. That is one of these stories, Stevie, at the start of this season. You know, all the injuries we get, but coming into this season, right, so much of the drama and all, and the focus was going to be on Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard has been the Golden Knights' best player since they dropped the puck to start this season. They should have been down 3 nothing in that game. He made two incredible 10-bell saves in the first period and then carry eight fans on a shot that dribbles in and Ottawa, like the air went out of the entire Senators team and that building, and then Vegas took over. But Ottawa could have been up 2 3 nothing at that point. So, you know, did you say, oh, yeah, Ottawa, uh, Golden Knights went in there and beat Ottawa? That was not what happened. Ottawa, Robin yeah. Leonard was monstrous in that game last night. Yeah, Robin Leonard was absolute money uh, uh, again last night. I thought there were some better things offensively yes. and better things defensively, but they kept turning the puck over. My God, I've had enough of this. So they can't get out of their own zone. What's going on? I know. I, you know, I'm just saying. You know, if Ottawa gets the first goal, I'm telling you that's a different game, and they could have got two or three. 
And then they were so deflated after Vegas got the first goal, after they had literally thrown everything at them, that, you know, you wake up, oh, well, of course Vegas beat Ottawa 5-1. You know, you listen to this stuff, you're, you're listening to some of this stuff last night, you would have thought Gritsky's Oilers beat them. That's not what happened. Yeah. It was not what happened. I would push back a little bit, though, because there have been some spots this season where Robin Leonard has been uh, less than stellar. Let's put it that way. But the focus, look, to your point, though, it was one of the storylines going into the season was Robin Leonard, this is the first time really on a Stanley Cup, you know, contending team, he was going to be the guy. He's the okay? man. He's it wasn't going to be like last year where you had one and one A and all that discussion, obviously, with when Marc-Andre Fleury was here. This was his team. Okay, and it's gonna and it's gonna sink or swim with him between the pipes. Bottom line. So, but so that's a good point. Hey, when this team gets healthy and Mm -hmm. Eichel shows up, let me tell you something. The focus goes back on Leonard. No question about it, but it's not all sunshines and rainbows for this Vegas Golden Knights team so far this year. They're five no. and five. You know, they're and lucky to be five and ex- five. You know, but you understand kind of the direction I'm going here, right? Yeah, there, there. It's not as if, uh, and I'm not not because, gonna... you, because you you said he was the best player on the ice for the Golden Knights so far this season. That may be true. It may be true, but I, I think uh, but this, Chris, I take I, more I, of a cautious approach, I guess. Well, when I'm, I'm talking just about saying Robin what's happened to this point. Yeah, but I'm telling you, he's played. Maybe some of his best games were games they didn't win. Mm-hmm. That I mean, you know, it would have been just like grisly defeats. And, you know, he basically got them out of a first period where they were getting torched. And and then they found their legs and Ottawa kind of got deflated. But Leonard got them there. I mean, that was like this acting like that was some blowout win. That is not what the case was. And that's not going to be the case. For this team, and, I, and I'm not piling on them. I mean, I get it with all the injuries, but you know, let's give credit where credit's due. Robin Leonard was a stud in that game last night. All right, so a couple things. One, Stevie, I, there's more on the ankle thing. Want to get to? But we had talked about this. I said I thought it was a guess, and no, no one's really. It was just a guess, having listened and heard to what's been going on for months. Thought his surgery would either be in Denver, where the doctor that's been the proponent, main proponent of this disc replacement surgery is based. And you figure, you probably like the guy playing a home game. Or, you know, if Eichel's in Boston, the, the doctor could go do the road trip. But he's going to have the surgery next Friday in Denver. And it is Chad... Prasmic, Prasmic is the uh, doctor doing the procedure. Eichel, quotes from Eichel, uh, you hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Uh, in that case, obviously hoping that it's a three-month recovery after three months, ready to get back to doing what I love. And, and this is the point. With this surgery as opposed to the fusion surgery, I mean, they get him up immediately. They want to move in his neck. I mean, he, is you want yourself to have full range of motion, have no symptoms that he's having now. When all that happens, I think it's when the doctor gives you the clearance to play, and that's when he'll be back. I do believe aerobically, skating, he'll be able to do a lot of those things as a result of this surgery, and then it comes to the point, when will he be cleared for contact? And that, that will be the big hurdle. But in terms of him being ready to play and getting into shape, I think, I think as opposed to the fusion thing, Stevie, the three-month thing is, he says three. And I, I kind of had heard that. And everybody was mostly talking four, which is still gets him there in March. I mean, 
I think, you, you know, you could roll him out right after the Olympic break and have at it with 25, 30 games to go, and let's see where it all falls. And by that time, hopefully everybody's healthy. The other thing we got to figure out, though, is this. Does somebody come up with a mystery hangnail, uh, you know, and go on LTIR because they still got to be playing this salary cap game again? I believe the mystery hangnail is in play, Brian. And that's a good call by you. <laughs> yeah, but I look at this Eichel situation, and uh, obviously we're talking about a time frame, right? We're talking about three to five months. And, uh, look, there's been discussion across the board regarding he's the first active NHL player to get this surgery done. So that creates a little bit of, you know, the unknown and uncertainty. And so I think it, it's, it, it is justified that, uh, that the VGK faithful and uh, obviously the powers that be over with the Golden Knights would have some apprehension. That being said, if uh, it does turn out, and it's not a huge if, that uh, the that the surgery is a success and he comes back in uh, March or uh, early April. He, he is a point of play, uh, he's a point of game guy. Okay, we're talking about someone who is a absolute uh, difference maker if he's and a, will be the best. And and Brian, right? He will be the best ever at that position for the Vegas Golden Knights, without question. Oh yeah, no, I believe I believe that's true. I mean, okay. I, I I'd say this. I think he's a. I think he's a point-and-a-half game player with the potential to be a two-point-a-game player here. And I mean, I mean that if he's healthy. And, you know, in the power play, specifically what he'll do for the power play. All right, we went through a lot of those machinations yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Elliot Friedman had a podcast was listening to this morning, and there were some interesting details in there. Apparently he was kind of staked out in Buffalo and did get an interview with Eichel, had talked to him both Thursday and Friday uh, among the things uh, on the specifics of the deal here, Buffalo was adamant Peyton Krebs was involved in this. Vegas did kind of balk at this for a long, 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 long time. So a semi-recent development was they acquiesced. They gave in, Stevie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always fun doing this show with him, Chris. Yeah. i got to tell you. <laughs> Acquiesce. Not always fun. But I just, I just, I just don't want to lose you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they gave in, and Krebs became part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Then what the big, all the talk was about the money and this and that. What it was they were really haggling over, which I kind of find odd. Well, no, I don't, actually. I get it. They were haggling over whether the Golden Knights pick would be top 10 protected. Well, all right. I mean, what are the chances that, yeah. What are the chances Vegas is picking in the top 10? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that seems... I don't like, understand the whole deal. All right, well, well, there was that. Uh, but then, but what they said was, uh, you know, Vegas said, you know, you make an offer and the other guy counters, and we're talking about what Adams was asking for and saying he gave in. Friedman said negotiating with Kelly McCrimmon is not fun. I mean, he drives a very hard bargain. That's what he said. But Adams was adamant they were not retaining salary, and had they retained salary, you can weaponize the salary cap, and they would have gotten a lot more out of Vegas. But they weren't retaining any salary, so Vegas said, we're putting Krebs in there, but us giving you Krebs... You know, to us, that's equal of you getting more from more pieces from someone else. 
And Adams, they were adamant. They wanted Krebs. They, they, he was the guy they wanted, they scouted, and they really liked. And and the Alex Tuck thing, you know, you, you think, oh, okay, the guy's just saying this stuff. But Alex Tuck tweeted out yesterday, he's from Baldwinsville, which is in Syracuse, basically. He's got a lot of friends in Western New York, in the Sabres organization. He'll be back close to his family, and I get it. He's losing, let's cut, let's, what does he make? He makes five. He's going there to what, I don't know, whatever it is, nine, 10% sales tax. He's taking a $500,000 haircut to go play there. But Tuck tweeted out yesterday, love you guys. Thanks for everything, you know, me being part of this and everything that was going on here. But I don't think it was just him saying this stuff. He said it was it's always been a dream. Imagine this. He said it was always a dream of his to put a Sabres jersey on. And people can laugh at that all they want, but that's a passionate fan base, uh, and he grew up watching them, and he meant it. And Adams talked to Tuck, and Tuck said, he, he said, if he was ever going to leave here, he's ecstatic to be there. And that's what Buffalo wants. They want guys that want to be there. So Tuck's excited to go there. Krebs is there. Vegas drew a line in the sand. That's why the return was the return. So it's Tuck, Krebs, and basically a one and a two, and they, they mess around with the threes. But they, I thought it was a good move. Krebs goes down to Rochester. He plays with Quinn and Paterka. Let him calm down. Don't throw him. You know, if you think about it, and I, I think Krebs would get this and understand it. I mean, I actually think for his sake, what Buffalo's doing was really a smart, smart thing. You just shipped out a franchise player. They've been on a road trip. They're coming home, Sabres, Red Wings. Imagine, you throw Krebs on the ice tomorrow for Buffalo. He could have a great game, but you're putting this poor kid out there. They just got rid of a generational talent, and they're looking at him going, this is who we got. You're putting undue pressure on Krebs. Let him go get a feel for the guys he's going to ultimately play with. And Adam said, he's here. He's coming. He's coming in the not-too-distant future. It was just don't throw him to the wolves right out of the gate, and I think that was a smart move in fairness to Krebs. And I think Alex Tuck's going to be the more impactful player out of this deal, okay? And I think, and you mentioned, you and Stevie talked about this yesterday a little bit as far as Alex Tuck, what his impact's going to be there with the Sabres. I think he has every right to feel uh, like he's in a good situation going to Buffalo because, as you guys talked about yesterday, here in, in Vegas, he's been a third line guy mostly. And at he's worst, not, at worst, he's other than sec- some injury spots where he's been moved up to the top six, he's going to be a top six forward in Buffalo. Boom. And right away. And so that's going to be something that's going to be very beneficial to him. And he's just going to have many more options and, uh, and opportunities to be that 30-goal-a-year guy, which I absolutely think Alex Suck Alex can be. But uh, I also wanted both of your perspectives regarding the different angles of this Eichel deal, i.e., the Calgary Flames. How? What was? What went down here? Okay. Was this a kind of a, a bait and switch? Because look, a lot of the chatter on social media yesterday was, "Well, oh, this is just the Buffalo Sabers trying to jack up the price for got, Eichel in Vegas." What would you guys think about this? I got it through Friedman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really, really a good podcast. Give the guy full marks. Yeah. Traveling, uh, traveling out in Calgary is livid, livid with Kevin Adams. Friedman defended Adams because Kevin Weeks is the one that put out the tweet with Kachuk's name, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin Weeks 
played with Adams in the NHL with Carolina. So the instant tie was, well, Adams leaked at the weeks. Friedman said he's very good at keeping his cards. He has through this entire process. He doesn't believe it was Adams. Who it was, he doesn't know. Someone clearly leaked. It was leaked about Calgary. But the crazy thing is by the time it had been leaked, and this is why Trevelling's so mad, that it was clear he was out, that Vegas was going to get him. So now he's got to deal with his fan base. He's got that he didn't get it done. He's got to deal with Kachuk. Oh, my name was involved. You know, I mean, so the, up in Calgary, they're really they're, they got a stone in their shoe. Yeah. Free, Freeman says it was not. He does not believe it was Adams. I'll tell you who it was, Stevie. Who was it, Brian? Alan Walsh. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> no, I, you know what I mean. I don't know. Where's Somebody, the picture? Yeah. So, somebody just, you know, someone threw the grenade into the middle of the room with the pin out. But um, he doesn't believe it was like Adams angling for a better package from Vegas. And at the end of the day, and time will be the judge, Adams says, look, I wanted Krebs and I wanted Zuck. And we'll take the one. And this was the, I could have got more pieces elsewhere, but these were the guys I wanted. So, He's going to run with it, you know, and, and we'll see what see what ends up coming of it there. You know what we haven't talked about? When Eichel gets here and everybody's healthy, who's he playing with? He's playing on the top line, and this is the well, deal right now. Guys, it is, look, it's going to allow DeBoer to kind of slot Carlson and, and, you know, and Chandler Stevenson more comfortably down the lineup. That's kind of like my perception of what's going to happen and it's it's going to be very similar to be quite honest with you to the Washington Capitals back when they made their run and, and beat Vegas and, and won the Stanley Cup I think it's going to be very similar from a personnel standpoint to that but I guess that's what I, I think is going to happen but I guess my <laughs> query is do you necessarily do you drop Stevenson down to the third line Stevenson, Stone, and Pacioretty play quite well together. Is there not, would the options, would it, would it not be interesting that Eichel's in the middle of, conceivably, could you put Eichel between a, a Smith and a March or so, and then a, a Carlson drops down? I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not knocking anybody. What if you threw Carlson down on the third line? But it's not just that he arrives. We're talking about third and fourth line depth. His arrival, I don't, yeah, maybe you throw him on the top line, but I'm just wondering, is Stevenson automatically out of there? I mean, I mean, I don't even want to call it a top line. I mean, could Eichel be between March or so and Smith? We're going to go, we're going to go Gerard Gallant, and we're not going to, we're not going to have lines numbered. (laughs) We're going to do. Stevie, what do you think? Do you think? I mean, there are. I mean, there's so many options, right? There are a lot yeah. of options. Yeah. There, there's also a lot of options on who's leaving here, and that may that that's may true. that that may determine who plays where. No, that's true too. I I I. Stevenson is so much better between Patchetti and Stone than on any other line that I, that I've seen since he's been here. That that if, that if you can keep that intact. And have Eichel center another line. 
I'm I'm not opposed to that. But I mean, I mean, if you think about it, I think he's he's been he is who he is. I think he's been one of their better players. I've been telling you, Leonard has been the best. I think Nick Waugh just he shows Nick up. Nick Waugh has place. been fantastic. Yeah. So, but here's mm-hmm. here's the point. Eichel's arrival, conceivably, depending on how you play this, was center in the fourth line. Yep. I'm, and the I'm fourth just, line becomes a factor again. I was thinking that when you so, started this. So I'm just wondering if you put Eichel between, and honestly, like you said, someone's got to go. I'm sorry, Riley Smith is still going to be a UFA, and money's got to be shed somewhere. So I don't know how, you know, at least you got to consider that. And I'm not knocking Carlson, Marshall, and Smith. I mean, that's been good for a long time. But you know what? It hasn't been good enough. Correct. I, you know, that's the truth, right? Yep, not enough goals. So I'm just wondering, do you do you possibly keep Stevenson with Stone and Pacioretty? And then you've got Eichel. All right, say between Smith and March or so. Then you throw Carlson down on that third line, center in that line. And you know, and the other benefit you get of that is don't forget, when Carlson's killing penalties, mm-hmm. you know, that upsets the flow of the lines, right? That if as, as good as Carlson is, yeah. maybe his minutes are coming down a little bit, but you're getting enhanced offense from that third line. And and it gives DeBoer so much more he can do with in terms of flow with the four lines rolling, Stevie. Agreed. I agree agree with all that stuff. Again, someone's got to go. So I I understand wanting to figure out who's going where, but until we know who's leaving, we we don't really know what the lines are going to be. But but obviously this is going to improve the depth in the bottom six, no matter what. So yeah, that's I mean, good. it's not just this guy falls in your lap. It's what, what it does to the whole structure. Correct. And, it, you know, the power play, I believe, I mean, people will see this. I mean, you know, I get people, oh, wait, he's just going to come off the shelf. And I'm telling you, if he's 70% of himself, where, you know, five on five, he's just, he's still not up to speed. Having this guy to be on the off wing of the power play alone is worth its weight in gold, even if he's not 100% coming back. <clears throat> I, this, this surgery, by the way, I, I, I was reading up last night. A lot of UFC guys and a lot of rugby guys. To, to, to me, if you're in the UFC, if you're playing rugby, that's a lot more stress on that neck. I, I got a feeling like this is going to work out okay. Right? I think, I think it should be fine, to be quite honest with you, but I have to admit both you guys, the first thing I thought of when they made the acquisition, right, and he was going to get the surgery, I thought of, and this is a different sport and a different athlete and a different time, but I immediately had images of Grant Hill when he was when he was moved to the Orlando Magic back in 2000. Remember Grant Hill obviously coming off a, a bunch of seasons where he's really good in Detroit, and 
I was in Orlando at the time, and it was it was it was euphoria. People were talking about you know because they had also acquired Tracy McGrady, so it was this whole you know oh we're going to be in the you know Eastern Conference Finals for the next ten years. I understand it's a different sport, it's a different injury that he had regarding his ankle and all that, but it, it's I still had the the same kind of feel, you know, when it came to this because of the uncertainty. Just the straight uncertainty of not having an NHL player have to deal with this before. And look, I mean, it's, you know, we can talk about who we think is going to end up on what line and how it's going to affect every guy in the room, right, for Vegas. But what it really comes down to is, and, and Brian used percentages, I mean, it's, it's, it, it all comes down to the mindset, right, of Jack Eichel and how he handles this situation. Not, not just from an injury standpoint, from a, you know a standpoint of now you're moving to a, a different team in, in a different conference, you know, with a different make team makeup in that room, and it's just it, it to me there it, there are so many questions that I don't want to you know I don't want, we don't want to get over our skis I guess and just kind of like you know just make assumptions that things are just going to be you know hunky dory and uh, just fall in line easily. They very they very mel- they very they very well may happen that way. I'm just saying that uh, you know there I think there's legitimate reasons to have questions about uh, how this is all going to shake out. All right. Again, and I'm not trying to pound the same topic, but mm-hmm. I, I thought it was something we really didn't talk about yesterday. But if I I'll throw let me just throw this out there. Mm-hmm. Stevenson stays between Stone and Pacioretty. Eichel between Marchessault and Smith. Carlson between Dodonov and Yanmark. And your fourth line, you're sitting there with Waugh between Kolasar and Carrier. And and Howden there is is a guy that could shuffle in and out. I mean, that's pretty decent. Hey, when it comes to William Carlson, you love the flexibility. You love the the versatility, I guess, is the way I'm going to put it, regarding where you could put him, right? Gentlemen, as far as uh, what line, where, where he goes. I mean, I think there, there's more there's more options with him, I think, than the likes of, of, uh, of Stevenson. And then, uh, you know, and, obviously, and this is obviously no Wah, but you know what I'm saying. There's no knock like, on Carlson. Mm-hmm. But the first year, we know he's not a 43-goal guy. His value is he carries play, he kills penalties, he plays the 200-foot game. And the Carlson march, so in Smith thing's been, I, you know, I don't know how to say it. Is it? It's been just a wonderful combination of guys that maybe to a degree – as a collective, all overachieved. And I think Smith's a real steady guy. We know who he is. March so is who he is. March so can put the puck in the net. Think about March so with Eichel. How many goals more might March so score playing with Eichel? And Carlson still plays this incredibly effective game. And maybe, you know, he, he gets a Maybe he gets a, a Dodonov flying around a little bit with speed, and in Yanmark is, if you want that you know, annoying Swiss Army knife term. And then the fourth line's a solid bang, banging fourth line. I, I, I don't know. We've never really talked about what would the potential combos be. I, I, I mean, you could put, I guess, Eichel obviously between Stone and Pacioretty, and and 
Carlson stays with Margizo and Smith, and then it's it's Stevenson between Yanmark and Dodonov. Steve, I think it's safe to say it would be uh, a lot of fun to see Marcheseau and, uh, and and Eichel in, in that. As far as uh, offensive proficiency, I think there's no question, right, Steve, that that uh, it would be uh, that Marcheseau would probably benefit big time as far as uh, that matchup goes. Well, we saw yeah. it last night. He, he's open on the doorstep, and and again, Wah uh, gets him a nice backhand. So if he's standing around the net, you know, open on the doorstep, Eichel's going to get him the puck. No doubt about it. Yeah, like that, and those those scenarios would present themselves multiple times. So, again, I guess it's just what what Pete DeBoer and the the staff decides to do, and and what they think is going to be the best setup. But uh, there there are options, right, Brian? I mean, there's all kinds of options. I got to tell you, last night just just watching last night, and I, I kind of had my eye on the kid for a while. Decision, and and Ron Byrne look look pretty good. Not great, but pretty yeah. good. Well, they don't they don't look like. They don't look like they don't belong. Yeah. But you want to talk about a little bit longer term, right, guys, from a money standpoint? Because the Vegas Golden Knights are going to have to have some decisions being made. When you're talking about $9 million, right, worth of cap hits that they're probably going to be facing here or they will be facing, it's it's going to be a question as far as depth because you look at the trade, and it's going to more look like a trade for Alex Tuck and Krebs and Carlson and Riley Smith and probably two draft picks, right? At the end of the day, and I'm Fleury talking, and 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 Mark Andre Fleury, right? Yeah. Well, they, they so they have 26 it's going to kind of look like that instead of what it does now, right? You know? Well, they have twenty six million, twenty six million five hundred thousand mm-hmm. on LTR. Eichel, Patch, Reddy Stone. They got Bischoff on there. I don't know if that's seven hundred thousand, but. <laughs> so they're gonna have to get creative when it comes the, to the, the numbers. List. I you know? mean, you know, whatever. There's there's no question about it. They're gonna have to, you know, come up with uh, a little bit of a uh, fascinating, fascinating math, math, uh, so, mathematics here so to get things done. At some point, there could be a fascinating injury. Well, that's that could definitely happen too. But uh, they get you, just, you know, I mean, then you get to the deadline, and I don't know. It's, you just get the feeling they're not done. I mean, to a degree, at some point, you know, this cap thing really becomes a thing. But they're good at playing the game. So well, Matt, now, so both to both of you, now that Eichel's off the board, right, who's the next best guy? It's probably Hurdle, right? Is Hurdle well, the next best one? Hurdle automatically moves to the head of the line. Yeah. So now, so now there's going to be some jockeying going around for that. I'm just thinking in, in Clarence space, they've given up draft picks, which are, you know, bottom – a uh, third of whatever round it is, if if they deal with a with a bottom half team, and, and you know in moving players, imagine the draft picks they can get back and restock. Well, no, at some point they will have to. Yes, I mean, I, a the cap, b yeah, you're going for it. You, you don't want to let a guy walk for nothing, but also at the same time. You're giving away your first. You're giving away your second. I mean, if you flipped, if you moved Smith at the deadline, you probably could get a second for him. I mean, I, maybe I doubt it at first, but I, I think you could probably get a, a solid second uh, for Riley Smith. And they also talked about it was a good point on uh, Friedman's podcast. They said, think of Scott Luce. 
who's here. The, the player development guy. It's like all Vegas has been doing has been trading away all these picks. Yeah. You know, and but they said, no, he deserves credit because, you know, Krebs had the Achilles injury that a top 10 kid fell in their lap, I think it's 17. Uh, but Luce made that, you know, they made that pick. They're talking about the Chaka kid that they think people do like him. They went back to, well, look what Suzuki ended up getting money-wise. That the Luce is doing, you know, what they're doing and who they're drafting, you know, it, I, I don't know if you say mixed bag. It's been solid. Clearly, you know, I mean, you, you got to bring up the Cody Glass thing. That clearly did not work, but that was not a great draft. But they said, you know, getting Krebs and uh, help them land Eichel. You know, the guy that necessarily isn't going to have much to be going out to scout. I mean, he's going to scout, but what, what picks do they have? But they will have to replenish some picks here. And one the, the one deal that I think has been majorly beneficial for Vegas, of course, was the Stone deal, right? And I don't know where Eric Branstrom, Eric Branstrom, I think he's in the AHL right oh, that now. Was, that was a home run. They, they so won that was that. A, that was a great deal. But but you know you can make a case for the the other deals were basically washes, right? Considering what Nick Suzuki is doing now. Well, they in Montreal. Oh, no, 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 I'm, and no, I think they massively. Come on, at the end of the day, you can't. No, they oh, massively. They were going for it. Mm-hmm. And those, these are the risks you take in trades. But at the end of the day, what it all added up to get Max Pacioretty's a sin. 100%. To Tar, it is. Yeah. So that's kind first, of the, the seconds, point I was trying to make, though. Third, yeah. Suzuki. Yeah. I mean, I can have, come on. That's, you know, that's what it ended up being. But those are a lot of assets that hit the cutting room floor. Yeah. And, Steve, you brought up draft picks, right? And yeah. maybe that they're looking to go down that road. I, I, don't, I, I don't know if that's the case because think about kind of the philosophy, right, that, that Kelly McCrimmon and the Golden Knights are taking right now. They're taking what Brian just said. It's it's We're going after it. We're winning a cup now. We're going after it today, right? Their, their philosophy isn't, you know, we're in some kind of rebuilding mode or we're going to focus on, you know, getting young kids, a.k.a. draft picks, and, and stockpiling draft picks. It's more about, you know, picking up the Eichels. It's more about getting, you know, the, the Alec Martinez's, those, and bringing in those type of guys, you know, guys that are established so they can win a Stanley Cup this year or next year or the year after. You know what I mean? That's kind yep. of like it, it's that overall philosophy, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. You know that the that uh, the, you know the lay people like like myself and others, you know, we take a look at Vegas. We say, okay, what are they? What is their philosophy? What, no, are, what are they trying to do? They're def- it, they're definitely going for it now, Chris. But, yeah. But now, but but they've done that, right? So now, mm-hmm. so now they've done that. So now you've got to clear some some cap room. So now, if whoever whoever it is you move. If you're dealing with a bar and a half team, you've given up bottom third draft picks to acquire what you had, what you now have. Now, if you move a couple of guys to get under the cap and you deal with a bottom half team, you get top third draft picks back. So, so you're getting better draft picks than you gave away in return. Mm-hmm. Could be a home run. Yeah, and, and and then obviously you're getting the player that can help right now to you know Correct. that deal. So that's something that's beneficial. But I, yeah, I mean I was just looking at it from a philosophy standpoint of what Kelly McCrimmon like. It's you know it's obviously it's 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 a juggling game, right? Because you're trying to you know maintain that you want to win a Stanley Cup, and then you want to you know also you don't want to have the cupboard, cupboard bare 
you know, after you uh, win since said Stanley Cup. You know what I mean? You want to be able to, you know, just uh, create a positive uh, environment moving forward. Or some team has a has a uh, Krebs like player in their AHL system, mm-hmm. and, and so you move a guy and you and you get a guy back that that that, that becomes you know your next Krebs. Well, at some point, I mean, Eichel, you know, the premise is hey, he's back this year, and, and you got a big shot with him this year. But the other thing is, you know, get a full off season. You're still got a, you got years with this kid in his prime. He's been in the league forever, but he's still you know, young. And so the window really for Vegas gets extended. But for this thing to really not come off the train tracks, I mean, you got no move clauses and things like that that are in nature. But at some point, and you, you don't want to wait till it's absolutely too late, you know, you're going to try to move some guys and get some young blood in here. Also true. Now, I mean, it's, maybe it's not this, it's yeah. a not this year thing, but it's an off season thing, because you're going to get on the back end of all these contracts, and people are going to laugh at you. Nobody's in the business of helping these guys to begin with. But it's funny you mentioned it. it's an it's a next you know off season thing, Brian, because I'm I'm kind of uh, fascinated, and uh, I kind I got to admit I kind of feel for Vegas Golden Knight fans out there because you know all of the ecstasy right of went down in the last 24 hours you get. You know, a guy who's a generational talent when he's on, right? He is somebody, he is a, a Connor McDavid. He is a, you know, a, a player of that caliber. But you have to wait until next spring. We have to, we all have to wait till next spring till we see this all, you know, come to fruition almost, you know, or even have a chance to come to fruition. That's something that uh, has got to be, it's got to be difficult for the, for the Vegas fans out there, I gotta, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, but no, hold on. Yeah. I don't feel sorry for no. Golden Knights. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I'm a Sabres fan. <laughs> and you're feeling sorry for Golden Knights fans? Please, cut me a break. Well, I'm just talking, I mean, about, the, you I'm talking about the whole dynamic, right? And, and Stevie, you can drive the whole, you know, social media and uh, and just reaction in, in town, right? And people well, were just, yeah, but the, were, the, they were ecstatic, okay? But, and but rightfully play, so, because yeah, you're but, getting a guy that can yeah, absolutely but, take you to Stanley Cup, possibly. But you the know? big picture is that <laughs> this guy's coming off this injury and a surgery. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. But if you want the glasses really half full, he's going to be fresh as a daisy. He's going to have 20 games under his belt, and these other guys are going to have 80 under his belt. And he's not 29 or 30. He's 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 still he's not, he's on, not even reached his prime yet. I mean, you uh, I don't I don't know who it was you talked to yesterday. It was yesterday or the day before, but someone was talking about how yeah he, he's still growing. He's still developing as an NHL player. He's going to get better. People yeah. are talking about how he's going to get better. Well, and I you mean, would that's think he's impressive. He's pretty yeah. motivated. The one thing I will say. You know, and I've been the biggest supporter of this guy. I loved him. I didn't mm-hmm. get, when they got McDavid. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I'm perfectly content watching this guy play. The only thing I will say, and it is absolutely fair to say this. Oh, anyway, but everybody, all the spin, everything I've heard on the broadcast last night. Oh, and he's in a place where they couldn't win, and this and that. And go, Wait a minute, he was part of the problem. If he's if he's God's gift of green earth, how many coaches got he he got Bilesma fired? I mean, yeah, you you know, 
I'm not saying it was as knee-deep as he was a coach and a GM killer, but, I mean, it's a discussion that's being had. And Tim Murray, gone. Bottrell, gone. Bottrell didn't want to give him $10 million. Pagula did. And, you know, you at least, let's be fair. If we're going to sit here and say how incredibly talented he is, we'll put a team on your shoulder and do something about it. So, Okay, he's coming here, and that's in the it's in the rearview mirror. But it ain't all lollipops and rainbows either, you know. I mean, I I heard this stuff last night. I'm like, hey, time out a second here. Oh, he's in a dumpster fire of an organization, or this and that. No, he was the guy that was supposed to get them out. So it, it's not like you can just carte blanche forgive him too. I mean, I mean, I'm just being a Buffalo guy telling you the truth here. And now maybe he comes here and he takes him to the promised land. If he doesn't, hey, Connor McDavid's going to win 10 hard trophies. He doesn't win a Stanley Cup. It's about legacies. And not to pile on to Eichel, but everything what you just said I think is spot on. And also you had the whole thing that went down as far as him getting the C-strip from him on the back end of his time there in Buffalo. Now, look, I don't know all the details as far as you know the reasoning behind that or what the Sabres were doing, but that's not something that you would necessarily want to happen if you're if you're if you're a Jack Eichel. I know I'm Captain Obvious right now pointing no, this I, out, but I know, I know. Listen, that's just one more thing. You know has, what I mean? That, has that, that organization yeah. been a dumpster fire? Without doubt, it has been. But you can't just say he wasn't part of the problem of not getting them out. Mm-hmm. They tanked, they tanked the season to get them, and they haven't won with them. Now, he did have a high ankle sprain at the start of one year. Uh, he was having a, an incredible year. I believe me, I'm telling you, I love the guy. I mean, he's, he's so much fun to watch. People are going to be wild going, yeah, you ain't seen nothing like this guy. Let me let me just put it that way. But, you know, you got to win, right? And, and the C thing, it didn't pan out for him. And I don't know if it's a personality thing. Mm. He doesn't have to worry about that here. This is Stone's no. the captain. Come in and play and win. I can't wait to wait. I can't wait to watch him play. You people have no idea if you haven't really seen him play what you're about to watch. I mean, you, there's no motion on the power play as it's currently constituted. They didn't score a power play goal right last night. No, no. So, so they're still over 2021. It's still a disaster right now. I mean, with that last year, year and this yeah. year, uh, you know. But you watch the motion on the power play with him on the off wing. Because he'll find the guy in a high slot, he'll move it around on a string, and if it's not there and guys are standing still, he'll take it, he'll skate to the point, and he'll skate it into the high slot area. There'll be movement with the power play with this guy running it, trust me. And as you pointed out also, when the team's, uh, you know, end of regulation and they go to OT, a little bit of three-on-three hockey, it's going to be a lot of fun to kind of check him out. Although I will tell you this. (laughs) I've seen him turn it over a lot in three-on-three to end up in his own net, but some of the stuff... Oh, yeah. yeah. But the stuff he does three-on-three, three, you ain't taking it from him. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless he's careless with it. I mean, when, yeah. when you know. That, no, this is this is really going to be exciting when the day comes. But it's about the now, and they got to get there. And But I still say in this division, you know, you got to be within six points, eight points, a third when you get the march, and this guy's part of this. And they're making the playoffs in a heartbeat. So this was not about this big fear factor and not making the playoffs. You made the move, run with it, wish Krebs and Tuck the best, and see how it all pans out. All right, Toon's playing. Jake Cornegay, thank you for having us out here. We're here every Friday. The Superbook Football Central on Sundays. Breeders' Cup today, tomorrow. 
just an awesome venue down here. And if you sign up for the app, bet 100, get 100. Thanks to our friends at the Superbook. It's going to be a great weekend. I'm going to go over and see Tony Neville tomorrow at TI, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. Uh, that's going to be good fun. We love Jay Cornegay and the team here, Rosemary Ray and everybody. Chris Wynn, longtime friend, just a terrific broadcaster, and we appreciate you to making time to come be with us, pal. Hey, thanks, Brian. Thanks, Stevie. You guys have a great weekend. It's always good to jump in, especially here at the Westgate. It is outstanding down here. All right, I'll, I'll be texting you during that Sabres-Red Wings game. <laughs> Stevie. Buddy. I wish you the best yeah. of luck. I know you got a new endeavor. You're still part of this, a big, big, big part of this. I know you're starting something brand new, and I, mean, I wish you the best of luck with that. I mean, we're still going to have you. You're going to be a big part of this moving forward, but congrats, and have a good weekend. Thanks, man. On the way out, Brock Nelson and Patrice Bergeron, four goals each last night. The last time that was done, Mario Lemieux and Keith Kachuk in 97. Oh, a hockey nugget. A little nugget for you. Uh-huh. Jordan Everly with a hattie, too, for this Kraken last night. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He looks the part. That's a, that, that fan base is going nuts up there. It's, it's fun to see. All right. Have a great weekend, man. This was so much fun coming down here. What an exciting week. And we're going to have a fun season with you on Vegas Hockey Holland, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Thanks again to Jake Cornegay, everybody here at the Superbook. TC's coming up next. Have a great weekend, folks.